Good afternoon, everyone. As uh, most of you no doubt know, if not all of you, we are approaching the annual Thanksgiving holiday in the United States. And certainly our nation has much to be thankful for. One of the most blessed nations in all of history, if not the most blessed nation in many ways. But how many among us are truly thankful for the blessings God has given us? How many of us are truly thankful for our blessings? If we are to have spiritual insight and understanding, we must glorify God and be thankful. Unfortunately, that has not been what the world as a whole has done. As we read in Romans chapter 1 and verse 20, Romans 1 and verse 20, For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful." but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Their foolish hearts were darkened. One reason being that they were not thankful to God, the Creator. The Bible warns that in the last days, perilous times will come. And in part, there will be perilous times. That means dangerous times. That means uh, times of of fear and trouble. And part of the reason is because of a lack of thank of thankfulness. As we read in 2 Timothy 3, beginning with verse 1, I won't take the time to turn there, but you can read it yourself. It lists a number of things that would characterize the end of the age, and among them is a lack of thankfulness. However, we must not become insensible to the blessings God gives us. We, as Christians, must not become insensible to the blessings God gives us. Indeed, we ought to make a conscious effort to thank God every day, to be thinking about ways in which we are blessed and thank God for our blessings daily. And we must understand that ultimately all of our blessings come from God. As we read in James chapter 1 and verse 17, James 1 and verse 17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So every gift, every good gift is from God. We're told that we are to be thankful for all things. We're to be thankful for all things. So in every gift that God gives us, we ought to offer thanksgiving. We read in Ephesians 5 and verse 20, giving thanks always for all things, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In today's sermon, it says here that we're, we're to be thankful for all things, but in today's sermon, I want to break this down a bit finer and enumerate some specific things for which the Bible indicates we should give thanks. First thing I'll mention is we should give thanks that the eternal is God. Give thanks that the eternal is God. Psalm 95, verse 1. Psalm 95, beginning in verse 1. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. Another item that we ought to be thankful for is that the eternal is our creator and for his goodness, mercy, and truth. As we read in Psalm 100, verse 3, Psalm 100, verse 3, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who, ha who has made us 
and not we ourselves. In other words, God is our creator. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. We ought to be thankful for God's holiness. Psalm 30 and verse 4. Psalm 30 and verse 4. Sing to the Lord, O you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. That's from the King James Version. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. We ought to be thankful for God's loving kindness and faithfulness. Psalm 92 and verse 1. Psalm 92 and verse 1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness every night. We ought to be thankful for God's righteous judgments. Psalm 119 and verse 62, Psalm 119, verse 62, at midnight, I will rise to give thanks to you because of your righteous judgments. We ought to be thankful for the works of God. On the day that the Ark of the Covenant was brought to the city of David, David wrote a psalm for that occasion. And in 1 Chronicles 16, verse 7, 1 Chronicles 16, beginning with verse 7, it says, On that day, the day the Ark was brought up, David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. So this was a thanksgiving psalm. And it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face evermore. Remember his marvelous works, which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his mouth. In Psalm 26, beginning verse 3, it says, I have walked in your truth. And then going on down to verse 7, it says, that I may proclaim with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all your wondrous works. Psalm 105 and verse 1, or beginning with verse 1, it says in Psalm 105, O give thanks to the Lord God, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, or the peoples, sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. So how often do we think of God's works and give thanks to him for them? In Psalm 106, and verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord, O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare all his praise? Psalm 107, beginning with verse 21, Psalm 107, verse 21, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Psalm 147, beginning with verse 1. Psalm 147 and verse 1, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is beautiful. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. So here are enumerated some of the works of God for which we can be thankful. It says the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers together the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. 
sing praises on the harp to our God, who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his mercy. We can be thankful for the mercy manifested in God's works. In 1 Chronicles 16, verse 34, 1 Chronicles 16, verse 34, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. In Psalm 118, at verse 1, Psalm 118, beginning with verse 1, <clears throat> Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. <clears throat> Let Israel now say, his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say, his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say, his mercy endures forever. Going on down to verse 6, it says, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And of course, human beings can do and have done a lot to harm other people. But ultimately, if God is on our side, if we are on God's side, it doesn't really matter in the final analysis what human beings do. In Psalm 136, Psalm 136 and verse 1, it says, this is beginning with verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever and made Israel to pass through the midst of it. For his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. For his mercy endures forever. To him who led his people through the wilderness. For his mercy endures forever. To him who struck down great kings. For his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings. For his mercy endures forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel, his servant, for his mercy endures forever. Who remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever. And rescued us from our enemies for his mercy endures forever, who gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. We ought to give thanks to God for whatever we have in terms of material wealth or other kinds of wealth, whether material or otherwise, and for that matter, any power or strength that we have any ability that we have or capacities. In 1 Chronicles 29, verse 12, 1 Chronicles 29, verse 12, both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. 
In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. We ought to thank God for God's leadership. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, at verse 14, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, this is 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 14. He said, both riches, excuse me, uh, reading the wrong place here. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every, in every place. Our mission as a church is to diffuse knowledge to the world, to give information, instruction, understanding to everyone that we can possibly reach with the message of the gospel. And it is God who leads us in that effort. And any success that we have will be through the power of God and of Jesus Christ. In Revelation 11 and verse 16, Revelation 11 and verse 16, this is looking into the future when Jesus Christ will come to take his place as ruler of the earth and the kingdom of God to lead the world into righteousness. It says in verse 16 of uh, Revelation 11, the 24 elders who sat before, their, uh, before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. So there will be ample reason for thanksgiving for that momentous occasion when Jesus Christ takes rulership over the earth. He, he begins to rule the earth directly and establish his, king, his kingdom on the, on the earth in place of, of the kingdoms of this world. We ought to thank God for the progress of the work of God. Now, the work of God can take and has taken different forms through the ages. When the people of, of Judah were taken into captivity in Babylon in the, in the 6th century, mainly in the... In the uh, 6th century B.C. Later, when the Persians superseded the, the Babylonian Empire, the, uh, those who wanted to leave, who had been taken into captivity, were allowed to go back. And uh, they were even given instructions to rebuild the city of Jerusalem and the temple and when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of God in Jerusalem, after returning from the Babylonian captivity, they had a Thanksgiving celebration. This was Thanksgiving for the progress of the work of God. This was an, a milestone in the, in the development of God's work. And we read about it in, Ephesians, in Ezra chapter 3, Ezra 3 and verse 11. This is just part of what it says about that occasion there, but it says they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever toward Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Later on, when they had built the rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem or uh, this may have been actually before the the temple was built I don't, I, I, I don't remember if the foundation of the temple was laid first or the wall was uh, dedicated I think the temple foundation was first I'd have to go back and review that but at any any rate in Nehemiah 12, this is when the wall of Jerusalem was dedicated, having been completed. 
And uh, it says in verse 27, Now at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness, both with thanksgivings and singing, with cymbals and stringed instruments and harps. Actually, the foundation of the temple was laid much earlier than the wall was dedicated because uh, the foundation of the temple was laid, I believe, in the second year after they returned, and the wall was uh, completed uh, quite some time later. But uh, in, in either case, they celebrated with thanksgiving and gladness and with psalms and hymns of thanksgiving. Now, these were important milestones in the work of God and actually bear, um, bear an analogy to the work of God even down to our time today because remember the church of God is the temple of God in a spiritual sense. And even now the, the church of God or the temple of God, the spiritual temple is being built as the message of the gospel goes out, as people are converted, <clears throat> the temple of God, the spiritual temple of God is being built. We ought to thank God for the revelation of spiritual knowledge. <clears throat> we were all born ignorant. At birth, we really know nothing. And uh, anything we know, we, we, we've learned, we've been taught. But most of the world is in spiritual darkness, as we read earlier. And uh, <clears throat> unfortunately, even the people of the nation that God had chosen, the people of Israel, were mostly in spiritual darkness. And in Luke 10, verse 21, at least in certain respects, in Luke 10, verse 21, it says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Now, what he was talking about was spiritual understanding. And uh, the babes that he was referring to here, he used this term babes. It was used as a metaphor for his disciples whom he was teaching important spiritual truths. Now, these disciples of his were not, for the most part, if, if, if at all, among those considered the elite of society. They were not the the uh, people that were recognized in the marketplace as great scholars or uh, political leaders or anything of the kind. These were basically just men that Jesus Christ, most of them he had known as he had been growing up. He knew their character and he chose them to be his uh, students. He was teaching them. They were getting an education, but it wasn't the kind of education that most other people were receiving. And they were having things revealed to them that other people did not understand. He went on to say of this, he said, Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. He was giving thanks for this revelation of spiritual knowledge. He went on to say, all things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. Now, 
What's interesting, or one of the things that's interesting about this is that we have access to the same knowledge that they were given because it, was, it is recorded in the Bible for our teaching and instruction. And we ought to be thanking God that he has given us access to that revelation. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 4, 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 4, Paul wrote to the Corinthians, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. <coughs> even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come short in no gift, eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will also confirm you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can be thankful for deliverance from our enemies and David and other servants of God had many enemies who tried to destroy them, who tried to subvert them, undermine them, and uh, so forth, tried to kill them. And in 2 Samuel 22 and verse 49, we read, He, meaning God, delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me up above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. Now, we also ought to give thanks to God in order to seek deliverance. If we want to be delivered from whatever we need to be delivered from, we need to be thankful to God. It says in Psalm 50, verse 14, Psalm 15, verse 14, Offer to God thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. We should thank God for healing and for health. In another psalm, I believe this was another psalm of David, it says in Psalm 30 and verse 2, Psalm 30 and verse 2, O Lord my God, I cried out to you, and you healed me. And it goes on to say, O Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. In Luke 17 and verse 11, Luke 17 verse 11, we read about an incident that happened during the ministry of Jesus it says, now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, that as Jesus went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood far off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now leprosy evidently was a fairly common disease at that time and uh, a, communicable, a communicable disease. And uh, so lepers were often uh, excluded from the community. They had to, they had to live separately. And uh, so these lepers uh, Jesus found in this village and... Uh, they asked him to have mercy on them. So when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, were, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were they uh, uh, were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, for your faith has made you well. Uh, this 
ought to be a lesson for us that we must not neglect to give God thanks for the blessings that He gives us, including healing or good health. And if we are not sick, we should thank God that we are not sick. If we are sick, we should still thank God as we look forward to being made whole. And when we are no longer sick, we should thank God again because we have been made well. We ought to thank God for salvation. Paul endured many trials during his lifetime as a minister of the gospel, and he was saved from death on several occasions. And in writing to the Corinthians, he asked that thanks be given for saving him from death on those occasions. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8, 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 8, he said, We do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure above strength, so that we despaired of, even of life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. You also helping together in prayer for us that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. The salvation the Bible speaks of, however, is not always nor even primarily in this age. On the whole, we're encouraged to look beyond the present to the salvation of a future age. And there are many scriptures that reference this in Psalm 69, verse 29, beginning with verse 29, it says, Let your salvation O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. And then going on down to verse 35. For God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah that they may dwell there and possess it. Also the descendants of his servants shall inherit it and those who love his name shall dwell in it. This is looking forward to salvation in the kingdom of God. In Psalm 107 and verse 1, Psalm 107 verse 1, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Now, this is a prophetic psalm looking forward to the salvation that will occur when God gathers his people in the future out of captivity or out of the grave. We should also thank God for spiritual salvation, salvation from ignorance and slavery to sin. Psalm 116 verse 12 Psalm 116, verse 12, What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And will call upon the name of the Lord. Now, we are no longer under the bondage of sin. Those bonds have been loosed if we have repented and continue to repent and seek to obey God. We are no longer under the dominion of sin. We're no longer under the penalty of death as long as we remain faithful to our calling. In Colossians 1, beginning with verse 12, Colossians 1 and verse 12, 
Paul speaks of giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. Paul understood that the work of salvation was being accomplished through his effort and suffering as a minister of the gospel. And he understood that as a result of that work being accomplished, that work of salvation, that thanksgiving to God would abound or increase, multiply. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 8, he wrote, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look for the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We may sometimes think that ultimate salvation is so remote that it's hard to believe that it will come. This is what Paul was speaking of when he was speaking of the things not seen. And we, have, we ought to have minds that focus not exclusively to things that we can see, but also to things that are not yet seen, except through our spiritual comprehension and understanding. But we can become distracted to the point that we have a difficult time grasping the reality of our ultimate salvation, believing that it will actually occur. But God promises that it will come in due time. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50. 1 Corinthians 15, and verse 50. Now this I say, brethren that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. It is simply impossible for us to enter permanently into God's kingdom in this flesh. Going on in verse 51, it says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet... For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible, corruptible here is speaking of mortality, of decay. This corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks 
be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So we need to look forward to that ultimate salvation and give thanks for it. We ought to give thanks that righteousness will ultimately prevail. We live in a world full of evil. And it is sometimes difficult to remember that it's all going to come out all right in the end. But it will come out all right in the end, and for that we should be thankful. In Psalm 75, verse 1, Psalm 75, verse 1, We give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks. For your wondrous works declare that your name is near. Going on down to verse 10, it says, All the horns of the wicked I will also cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Horns in the Bible is often a symbol of power. It says the horns of the wicked will be cut off. They will be powerless. The horns of the righteous will be exalted. And for that we can give thanks. We ought to give thanks for our daily bread. There are a number of examples of this in the Bible where a prayer is offered in thanksgiving at a mealtime, especially in the New Testament. One of those occasions is when Jesus fed a multitude with seven loaves and five and, and some fish. And, uh, in, and it says in Matthew 15, verse 36, Matthew 15, verse 36, he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to his disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitude. So notice that Jesus gave thanks prior to the distribution of the, of, the, of the meal that was eaten on that occasion. As I said, there are many other occasions, so we ought to make it a regular practice to offer God thanks for our food before we partake of a meal. We, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> we ought to give thanks for brethren who are faithful. Romans 1 and verse 8, Romans 1 and verse 8, Paul wrote, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, writing to the church there in Rome, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. So, at least in the churches scattered throughout the world at that time, the faith of the church in Rome, the headquarters of the great persecuting empire of idolaters and enemies of God, there was a church there that whose faith was known many places. And uh, Paul gave thanks for them and for the faith that they had. We also read in Romans 16, verse 17, Romans 16, verse 17, God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. We ought to thank God when someone repents of sin and becomes a part of the church of God, the body of Christ, in genuine repentance. In Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1 verse 15 Paul wrote, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, 
do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. In Colossians 1 and verse 3, Colossians 1 and verse 3, we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13. For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. For you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God which are in Judea in Christ Jesus. For you also suffered the same things from your own countrymen, just as they did from the Judeans. So the Thessalonians were persecuted and suffered, and yet were remaining faithful in obedience to the gospel. And so God, Paul was giving thanks to God for them and for their faithfulness. We ought to give thanks for those who risk their own lives to save the lives of others. And there are many examples of that occurring in the Bible. In Romans 16, verse 3, Romans 16, verse 3, Paul wrote, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risked their own necks for my life. To whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. We should give thanks for the love manifested in those who serve God and the brethren. For the love manifested in those who serve God and the brethren. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2, 1 Thessalonians 1, verse 2, it says, We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope, in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of our God and Father. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 16, But thanks be to God who puts the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus. Titus was a minister who had been trained by Paul and who was his companion and fellow laborer in the ministry and was a man who made... Uh, significant sacrifices to serve the church, to serve the people. And so Paul gave thanks to God who, for, uh, for uh, the love expressed in the life of Titus in the context of the churches in Greece sending relief to the brethren suffering from privation in Judea and uh, <clears throat> Remember, we just read about, about the Thessalonians having been persecuted and suffering as the people in Judea had. The people in the Christians in Judea had been severely persecuted. Many of, of them had lost their belongings, had lost their property, and were impoverished. And... Uh, so a, an effort was made that we read about in the Bible to send a relief expedition to give them, it doesn't really specify exactly what was given, um, at least not in, in, uh, in any complete way. But... The churches in Greece collected a a, a a 
quantity of goods to send down to the people in need, the Christians in need in Judea. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 9, Paul is commenting about this. He said, As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. This is speaking of God. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ and for your liberal sharing with them and all men and by their prayer for you who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. The trials and travails of this age will be a thing of the past when God sends his comfort. Sorrow and trouble will be replaced by joy and thanksgiving. Jeremiah 13, verse 18, Jeremiah 13, verse 18. Thus says the Lord, behold, I will bring back the captivity of Jacob's tents and have mercy on his dwelling places. The city shall be built upon its own mound and the palace shall re main according to its own plan then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of those who make merry i will multiply them and they shall not diminish i will glorify them and they shall not be small their children also shall be as before and their congregation shall be established before me and i will punish all who oppress them and then in isaiah 51 and verse 3 Isaiah 51 and verse 3, For the Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in it. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. These are some of the things that we can remember to be thankful for this Thanksgiving season and for every day of our lives.